Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Pastor Matthew Fuller. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. I'm going to move this over a little bit. Man, I'm back from uh, paradise. Came back to the snow here. How exciting. Man, pressure's on on the uh, mud penny thing. I was planning to just use my food license to grill hot dogs here, but... <laughs> Apparently, we're going to have gourmet mud penny food, so if Spencer's in here, I apologize for that. Uh, he's stressed out in the back the second Heidi said that. <laughs> Don't worry, it's our busiest day of the week is Sundays at Mud Penny, and apparently we're doing a big event. So, it's going to be fun. We will see. All right, I just got back from uh, Florida this past week. That's why I was not with you. I had an unfortunate circumstance came up. We, uh, we were down there and uh, just enjoying the sun and the sun and the beach and the more of the sun. Uh, they have that down there. For whatever reason, we all decided to live in Michigan. Um, I actually moved here, which is really strange. I wasn't born here. I moved here and decided to come here. And then I, I did this thing. I decided to stay for some very weird reason. Uh, but I was down there, and unfortunately, our flight got canceled, so we had to stay longer. Uh, life is hard. You know, it cost us a little bit of, you know, sanity. We had to go from one hotel resort to another hotel resort because the resort that we were in was booked. So we had to pack our bags and move down the beach a little bit further. It was a really difficult situation, but we made it through. We powered through the situation. And uh, we made it back home, all right. So came back uh, this past Sunday uh, in the afternoon and just really had a great time. We uh, literally, we, we woke up, my birthday was actually the first. And I, I noticed some of you didn't give me presents, um, but you can still Venmo me or cash at me if you'd like. Uh, we also have an offering bucket up here that you can donate in for my uh, birthday, which was March 1st. So um, we were down there and uh, we're, we're honestly, we like, we, we walked around Tampa. We were in Clearwater, Florida, and we went in um, on Tuesday, walked around Tampa, ate a bunch of food. How many know vacation is literally eating and then talking about where to eat next? That is basically what vacation is. So we went from breakfast to the beach to sitting on the beach, talking about where to go to lunch, and then ate lunch, went back to the beach, talked about where to go for dinner. And then we reset and did that all over again. But Tampa, we decided to walk around a little bit on Tuesday for my birthday. I needed some exercise apparently. And we walked all over Tampa, ate at some great restaurants and had a good time. But there was something interesting about this trip that really stood out to me. Last February, we went here, we went to the same spot. And I remember, and this was, during, this was in 2021, right? You know, we had just gone into quarantine again, or I guess at that point, maybe we had been in for a month or two uh, as far as restaurants being shut down. I don't think at large we were in quarantine, but restaurants were shut down again, if you remember. And so we went down to Florida uh, to experience what it's like to eat out again. And we went there, and I remember sitting down on the beach and feeling my pulse in my body just like, just at such a high level of stress and anxiety that I didn't recognize until I actually sat down on the beach. And I just remember my whole body pulsing over and over. I'm like, man, this is not healthy at all. This is, this is not a good place to be that once I sit down, I can feel just this high level of stress running through my body. And so 
it kind of started me on a journey throughout the year last year. And I, and I started uh, practicing in a weekly occurrence, just actually taking on rest as a lifestyle and uh, made some lifestyle changes, made some health changes, and really have been focusing on you know, eating healthy, taking good supplements, uh, getting my mind in a place to where I'm not so dictated by my circumstances. And then this, this past uh, week when we were there, now granted, that was like a hard time, and then we walked through the pits of hell for the rest of 2021 as, as my family. We, it, was, it was by far one of the worst times of our life that we've experienced. But I go to Florida and I sit down and I'm expecting this, the same experience. But I sat down and I rested. And I went, wow, I'm actually rested. Now, I just went through one of the hardest times in my life. And I'm on vacation anticipating that I have the similar circumstance and situation and experience that I did last time when I was like kind of stressed out. Or I was super stressed out, but kind of hard season, went through an extremely hard season, and I was able to actually turn on rest in a heartbeat. You see, it's almost like the tribulation that I faced and that I went through provided and produced in me a different sort of character that I was able to actually walk into. Even though the season itself has been extremely difficult for us, the Lord worked out something great in and through my life, that I was able to rest. I remember I was, I was addicted to my phone. When I was there last time, I'm like, oh boy, the whole place is burning down. I'm sure of it. Mudpenny is, is, is probably closed. Um, you know, and I'm just thinking over and over all the terrible situations and scenarios that are, probably going, that are probably happening. But I realized this time my phone stayed in the hotel room the entire trip. And it was easy. <laughs> it wasn't hard. It wasn't difficult for me to do. It was just natural at that time because the, the tribulation, the trials had produced something new inside of me. It wasn't this intentional, I, I need to make sure that I can't stay on my phone. I, I need to keep that thing, that evil thing behind. It was just natural in what happened. And then so I, I finally, uh, Saturday night comes around and I decide to cheat. I call Spencer, who's, uh, he runs all the operations at Mudpenny. And I call him before I get back because I'm ready to come home. Like we hit the spot in vacation where I am done with vacation. I cannot eat another thing. I cannot wait to hug my kids and to spend time with them. And so I, I call him and I say, hey, how was the week? And he goes, man, I got to tell you, sales uh, skyrocketed while you're gone. We hired three full-time employees this week. Yes. Now, like, that sounds like a good thing, but I don't think you understand. In six months, we haven't been able to hire one employee. I leave and they hire three. <laughs> Look in the mirror, Matt. <laughs> There's might be a problem here. <laughs> You see, what happened is I actually structured the business because during the trials and the tribulations that I was in, I recognized where the end of me was. And because I hit that end of me, I actually needed to look to the Lord for solutions in restructuring the business in a way that provided a healthy lifestyle so that my kids didn't have to suffer, so that my church didn't have to suffer, so that my family didn't have to suffer, so that my friends didn't have to suffer. Because I found the end of me. See, the trials and tribulations that we experience in life can seem like a wall that are standing in our way when they're actually meant to be a runway into something great. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 16. Jesus is, is talking to, uh, to his disciples and he's, he's telling them what's going on. He's like, hey guys, you know what? Uh, there's gonna be people after I leave that are gonna come for you 
and they're probably going to kill you. And they're going to do it thinking that they are working in the name of the Lord. In verse 4, chapter 16, verse 4, he says this, I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, though, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is, good for, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is telling them of all of these terrible things that are going to take place in their life. And they are focused on the fact that Jesus is leaving instead of what's actually happening in heaven, that the advocate is coming. So we need a perspective shift towards our trials and the tribulations that we, fo that we focus on in this life. When we're seeing things come our way, do we just look at them and take them at face value? The disciples are sad. Oh no, Jesus is, is leaving. When they should have been filled with joy, they're looking at what's temporary here upon the earth instead of what's shaking and moving up in heaven. You see, our perspective needs to change because trials are not gonna stop happening. We can't wait for life to just stop happening to us in a difficult way. But what we need to do is say, Lord, quit looking at the situations, the circumstances that are coming our way, and start looking up into heaven and saying, Lord, what are you doing? What solutions are you sending my way? You see, we focus on what I'm losing here in this life instead of what's coming to us from heaven. Jesus might be walking away. He might be heading up to the Father, but there's an advocate coming that will actually empower the church to walk in her destiny. The same situation happens in uh, Matthew, chapter, Matthew chapter 16. You know, we, we have this experience where Peter sees who Jesus for who he truly is, right? This is when Jesus is asking, who do men say that I am? And, and Peter, his response is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in, in verse 21, right after this experience happens, he says to them, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord. First off, the like guts that Peter must have had. He just recognized that this is the Christ, the son of the living God, and he takes liberty upon himself to rebuke Jesus. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. You see, I believe that with the trials that we're experiencing in our lives, we can see them, obviously, the, you know, the elephant in the room is on a global scale, the things that we've experienced, the uh, COVID and now the, the potential of World War III that we have no idea what's taking place. There's trials that happen in our lives relationally with people, things that are coming that are bringing a testing and a trying within us. And if we're not careful, what we're gonna do is look at the trial 
<laughs> these chairs are amazing. They're like, we got thrones up here. Did you guys see these things? We just, could you please step up on the stage and put your throne up here so we can, you can peer upon us as we we're preaching this message this morning? Uh, these are our new chairs. I don't know if anybody saw. I'm going to get back to my point here in a minute. I'm just really excited about these chairs. If everybody saw the uh, big Penske truck outside, that is filled with 250 chairs. After service today, we are going to unload those things. If you did not donate, you will not have a chair. So we're actually checking your donation receipts as we unload them to you. Uh, we've got a list of who actually purchased a chair for themselves. So uh, I'm just messing with you. But uh, thewellgr.com, you can donate before the end of service. We're about halfway there with our goal. We just did it in faith. Where was I going with this thing? We experience, we, what will happen is as trials come our way, we'll look at the trial and then we'll sink down under it. We'll sink down under it because we think that this world is everything and we forgot the fact that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We forget the fact that the Bible says that we die daily. That we're actually supposed to forget those things which are behind and press forward to those things which are ahead. To actually go towards the higher call, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting that, it's, that we no longer live, but we are dead and made alive in him. And so we need to change our perspective off of an earthly mindset onto a heavenly mindset. Yeah, there might be a trial going on here in the earth, but what is the solution right now that's coming from heaven? Because even though there might be a tribulation, there might be something that I'm up against, there's going to be a character worked out through me in this process. I don't see it as a wall, but I see it as a runway into my destiny. This is what the Lord's asking us to walk into right now. And I, and I know it can be difficult. It can be very difficult when, when trials come, when, when tribulation comes. But you know what? It's promised that there is going to be trouble in this world. We shouldn't get surprised when trouble comes our way. Jesus himself said it. You, in this world, you will have tribulation. In the New King James, it says, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But I love this. In the NIV, it says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. It actually means be of, uh, be of good courage. Get courageous. Stand up in the midst of trials and tribulations. Stand up against the thing that is actually coming against you and identify with the fact that you are in Christ, the one that has overcome the world. See, if we don't take heart, we're gonna lose heart. If we don't actually take heart, we're gonna give our heart to the situation that comes our way. And we're gonna find ourselves in depression in hopelessness, in despair, in anxiety. Like I said, my family has been walking through and had just, and it feels like we're coming out, oh Lord, let us come out of this thing. Walking through the pits of hell, but in the same circumstance, in the same situation, we have found a greater level of rest that we did not have before the trial and tribulation came our way. Anybody that's close to me knows that I typically just walk around with a little low-grade low anxiety attack, you know? It's just like, oh, it's just, a, you know, it's just how I do life. You know, just low-grade anxiety is just where I live, you know? Just kind of simmers there, like, don't look at me wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I'm drinking coffee to try to calm my ADD down, and I'm just ready to, you know, anything that <laughs> comes my way. <laughs> and it's through the tribulation, through the trials that have come my way, though, that I've actually been able to find this rhythm of rest. Again, those that are closest to me can attest that that's actually true. You see, but what happens is 
when these trials come, maybe we're facing something. Maybe we've all, we've, we face these, these big circumstances, these situations in our life that have come our way. But the reality is, is we always don't make great decisions through the process. We've decided to take heart. We've, we've, we've gotten up and been courageous to face this thing head on, to face the problems that come our way. We're, we're identifying that there's a solution coming from heaven. But at the same time, as we're attempting to respond to these situations that are coming our way, that we're responding to the fact that we are in Christ, that we are not of this world, failures happen. And we end up failing. Oh man, I really screwed that one up. Or oh, I, I really, I was trying to finally press forward and I screwed up big time. And if we're not careful, our failures will pile up around us like a bunch of dead bodies. And instead of moving on, instead of identifying with the fact that, that scripture tells us that our heart is purified, that we have a clear conscience, that our sin is behind us and we have the ability to enter the throne of grace boldly, our heart doesn't feel that way. Like even though that is true, it's oftentimes not our experience after we've failed. And so we make camp and we sit and we look at our failures that are all around us. And we find ourselves feeling more depressed, more hopeless, more anxious, because we were just trying to do the right thing and we screwed up. Now that's where it's hard. Like it's one thing to be just straight out like, I'm just, I don't care, God, and doing something dumb. It's another thing when we're trying to walk this walk of faith, we're trying to hear clearly what it is that the Lord is speaking to our lives. We're trying to take heart and to be courageous and to walk with the Lord, but we end up screwing up along the way. Those are the ones that knock us down and that are really hard to move on from. But as I said, we have to take heart. We have to actually tell our heart what it believes. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we know that scripture, but we actually believe the thoughts that we think in the morning. Even when they're contrary to what God says about us. See, we know that it's scripture that the heart is deceitful and we know all these truths that I can enter the throne of grace boldly, that my heart is, is, is made clean, that my conscience is pure. But our experience oftentimes, the way that we feel when we wake up, the negative thoughts that we have towards ourselves and towards others, oftentimes doesn't line up with those truths. And that's where the rubber really meets the road. You see, I think it's one thing to have bold, courageous faith when maybe you're stepping out for a new business venture or you decide to, to, to take the new position at work or you, you decide to walk up to the stranger and, and you're being courageous enough to, to walk up to them and to share the gospel with them. You know, I think that that's, that's admirable, right? We, we're to do those things. I think it's another kind of courage to be able to look at yourself when you feel like a loser and say, get up. I think it's a whole nother sense of courage when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling worn out by the season of life, when you can see all the bodies of failure that are around you, when you can see all of your weaknesses, when you're staring them straight in the face. There's a whole other level of courage when you have to actually say to yourself, why are you downcast, oh my soul? You will praise the Lord. 
you will get up and you will continue walking this walk of faith. You know, the reality is that sometimes we don't believe, right? Sometimes we're, we're experiencing this fear, we're experiencing this pain, we're experiencing this heartache, and we're saying, God, where are you even at in the midst of all of this? Where are you at? I was just trying to do the right thing, and you are nowhere to be found. Where have you been? Where have you been when everything was going wrong? And we can decide to live under the circumstances, or we can decide to take heart and stand up again. So I believe that this room is full of people that are willing to stand up in the face of adversity. I believe that this room is full of people that are willing to stand up and to not respond according to our emotions, but according to truth in scripture. You see, each and every one of us, I know, we've all, I'm sure, had our questions. We've all hit the end of our rope at times in life. I know I've hit it over these last couple years several times. I've been in some of the darkest places in my mind. Or I'm like, why am I even thinking these thoughts? How did I even get to this point? When is everything gonna change? And we can start looking at the problems, the trials that are coming our way, and when we start to count them one by one, just trying to follow your voice, Lord, just trying to step into what it is that you have for me. I make a, <laughs> my family, Rachel and I were on vacation. We make this, this big plan for our year for music. Man, we're like, it's August 2021. Everything is, is not great. We're like, we are going to do this, this, and this. We set the plan in place. We write it down. We connect heart to heart. I get a phone call while I'm on vacation. Actually, I get an email first, first day of vacation. And uh, this person I just hired to run one of my restaurant locations emails me and says, hey, uh, I just want you to know you're a great boss, this, that, and the other. The way that the restaurant industry is right now, though, I don't know that I'm cut out for this. I don't think that I can do it, so I'm not gonna leave, but I wanna transition. I'm like, this conversation could have waited till I got back. Thank you for day one on vacation. <laughs> and she goes, and this is what she says. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. I go and I eat some barbecue, that helped. Thursday rolls around, I get a phone call from HR, and I'm like, they know I'm gone, and they know that if, unless the place is burning down, I don't want to know. But, turns out the general manager didn't even show up to work. Four days into vacation, I'm down in Nashville. My kids are in another city. I can't go and get them and drive back up here. Now, I just made these goals and these promises that I'm going to actually walk into. And this happens. I get back. And I call and we figure this thing out, chaos again, whatever, get back. And four days later, the one that's going to be writing music gets hit by a truck <laughs> and can't hear sound or look at light. Rachel, my wife, gets rear-ended by a truck going 60 miles an hour. And as you all know, then, then she's out. Like she can't hear music. My kids, I can't even keep my kids around. <laughs> if anybody knows what it's like around four kids, is louder than music. <laughs> so I find myself several nights a week driving around Grand Rapids with four kids in the car by myself. This is life now. I've taken them out to eat as, as I need to. And we've, what will happen is we find ourselves in these trials and these tribulations. 
And I start to, ex- to see all of my weaknesses through this process. And then it just makes you get down even lower. And we can find ourselves in this pit over and over and over again. But then there was this point where I said, you know what, Lord, I don't know where you've been. It feels like you're sleeping. You seem tired up there because you're not helping me out down here. (laughs) I'm having a hard time believing that you're good right now. But I remember how faithful you are. I remember that time, Lord, and I started recounting all the times that he was faithful in my life over and over again. Oh, Lord, I remember that time. Do you remember, Lord, when that girl got healed from cancer? Do you remember that guy that when we prayed, his eyes opened up after he hadn't been able to see for years? I may not be experiencing your goodness in my life right now, but soul, you better get up. Don't you remember that time where you had that prophetic word for that lady that you knew her by name and knew her heart condition that you didn't even know? And I start recounting all of these experiences of the faithfulness of the Lord in my life. You see, what can happen is then when all we're doing is looking at the trials and the tribulations in our life, our heart can get discouraged. Our heart will come under it. When the Lord is saying it's time to stand up, to take heart, and to tell it where to go. Even though this may be your experience, even though this may be your reality, there's a truth that trumps your reality. He remains faithful no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situations look like. The disciples are losing Jesus, but there was a solution on its way from heaven. There are people in this room right now that looks like you've lost one thing after another thing after another thing. But it's because there's a solution that is coming from heaven. Something needed to get out of the way so that something better could come. In Romans chapter six, it says, do you not know that, that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. When we are obeying our thoughts that are contrary to the word, when we are obeying our emotions, when we are obeying the feelings, the thoughts that are negative towards ourselves, towards our circumstances, and towards each other's, we are becoming a slave to the devil. We're becoming a slave to those lies. When we actually think that we have to act upon how we feel, we are a slave to untruth, as my mom was putting it earlier today. True freedom is actually seeing truth, being set free by truth, and then having the ability to respond to truth, even when truth hasn't shown up in my life yet. Think about this. I'm waking up in the morning and I'm feeling like a loser. I'm feeling like I'm down because of the situations, because of the lies, because of the failures that I have in my life. Whether I res- if I respond to those feelings, then I have become a slave to unrighteousness. But the reality is, is that I'm a son, I'm adopted, that I'm, that I'm wiped clean, that I'm, that I'm clean by the blood of the lamb, that I'm seated in heavenly places where Christ is at the right hand of the Father, that I've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. That my conscience is actually clean, even though it's got a bunch of thoughts going through it right now. Because something that is dead needs to stay dead and needs to stay in the grave. And I need to actually respond to the truth and the freedom that I have in Christ. The ability to overcome. See, when we were actually, when we were slaves of unrighteousness, when we didn't have the truth of Jesus in our lives, we thought we had to respond to how we felt. 
I feel rejected and I do this thing as a result. I feel insecure, so I do this thing as a result. I feel like I need more sugar, so I go ahead and eat it. <laughs> I feel this way, so I respond accordingly. But what actually freedom is, is that truth has come to us. We know who we're supposed to actually become, what we are supposed to look like. So because we actually know who we've been created to be, I now have the ability to choose that life instead of the other life. That means the emotions, the things that I feel like doing or don't feel like doing have to come into subjection to his lordship in my life. They have to come under the rule and reign of Jesus where I'm responding only to his truth and not my feelings. Because the heart is deceptive, but I need to take heart and tell it where to go and be of good courage because Jesus has overcome the world. Paul said it like this, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. He's talking about when he is running the race with endurance. He says he has to actually tell himself what to do. So we know we have these experiences. We know we have these, these feelings and these trials and these circumstances that come our way. But it's paramount that we learn to discipline our mind and our body to act towards the will of God and not towards what we're feeling in the moment. This word actually, when he says, I discipline my body, it actually means I beat it till it's black and blue. He used extreme language here when he's saying on how he makes sure that he, he's using this as a metaphor of running the race with Jesus. I beat myself till I'm black and blue. Another way that it said is that it actually to give one intolerable annoyance. I, I annoy that old man that is already dead. I starve him, I submit to God I resist the devil, I starve him out so that he will flee, as James says. And I, I discipline by hardship. You know, when I was a kid, I used to run track. Um, I was fast, I was a fast little stinker. I had these little short legs, and so it was just right down the track. And it was natural for me. I didn't have to, didn't have to train at all, didn't have to... You know, I, I wasn't part of a running club. All these other kids were part of these running clubs and they all looked fancy and matched each other. And you know, I, I would like, I didn't even have cleats. I just wore just like Adidas, just regular street shoes and I'd zip by them all. And I, I would run and it would first start off with this, um, we had this state uh, tournament and I would do city first and I would always win first place in, at the city. Um, at the city level. I was first place in the city for track for the 100 meter dash and the 200. And then I hit this point where I was like, I wanted to start running the 400, which is one whole lap around the track. And it was, I was really dependent on my natural ability and my secret weapon, which was a big plate of pasta the night before. I would carb load. And that's all I really did for training. I knew how to sit back and eat. And it's, it can be effective for sure. Uh, but it can only take you so far. So I would go and, and I would run, do these, these state meets, and I was, at a, I was at this state competition, and I decided this year, I was like, I wanna do the 400. And I'm gonna run it, but it's really hot out, and everybody is, is sweating, and it's, it's like, you know, we're in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. I grew up in Iowa, and this took place in central Iowa. If you've ever driven through central Iowa, there is nothing but corn and cows, like nothing, and a, apparently in a track in the middle of Iowa as well. So we're at this track, and it's hot out. Now, remember, I hadn't conditioned. I would show up to these meets, and I would run. 
And that's all I knew. I would eat and run. And I do this 400 meter dash and we're, we're lined up, gun goes off and I have a strategy. I'm thinking this is a long way around the track and I am just going to go like 80% and then the last 200, I'm gonna go all out. Well, guy next to me has a different strategy. See, he's been conditioning. Gun goes off, he takes off at a full sprint. And I realize, if I'm gonna beat this guy, I have to sprint past him right now. I can't wait till the end. So I sprint after him, and we're, we're tied the whole way. I mean, he's here, I'm here, and I'm just running, and we are cruising. We're going around this track, we get about 20, this is how far ahead we were from everybody else. We get about 20 to 30 meters from the finish line, and the whole thing goes black, and I pass out right on the track. I had enough time to pass out, get back up, walk the last 20 meters, and still got third in state. That's how, that's how fast this guy was. See, he was conditioned. All I knew to do was to eat a big meal. And my natural ability only took me so far. You see, what can happen in our lives is we can come here on a Sunday, or we can go to a conference, and we can eat a big meal and think that that's actually gonna sustain us when the climate of life really heats up. But there's only so far that we can go in this walk when things actually start heating up in life to where we needed to take the day by day discipline, diligence and intentionality in our lives to be able to weather the storms that come. See, I wasn't used to hydrating myself. All I was used to doing was sitting back and eating. And I feel what's happening is if we're not careful, things are gonna come at us so fast that we're not conditioned for. And we're gonna lose heart instead of take heart. But I believe that the Lord is asking us to discipline us in our lives to having a daily walk with him that is consistent, not perfect, but consistent, regular health, physically but also spiritually. We're reading, our, reading the word every single day. We're actually praying. We're, we're being intentional about the thoughts and the emotions that we're experiencing. We're, we're seeking after a whole healthy lifestyle, spirit, soul, and body. We're actually conditioning ourselves, putting ourselves into a, a disciplined mode that we're not only responding to the feelings, we're not only responding to the situations that come our way, but we're telling ourselves where we're gonna go. And I believe when we can do that on a daily basis, we are gonna see some great and mighty things happen through our lives. We're no longer gonna be dictated by the way that we feel when we wake up in the morning because we have a discipline that we're living by. We have a purpose that we're living by. We've seen the picture. We know what's coming from heaven. We know the solutions that are coming our way and the trials and the circumstances that come our way are nothing more than a runway towards those. They're just gonna speed me up. They're not walls that stand in our way. They're not mountains that stand in our way because we identify with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that has made us new. We're not slaves any longer to the negative thoughts, emotions, and feelings that we have in life. So I wanna pray for courage this morning to stand up once again. I wanna pray that we would be those that will stand up even though we've gone around this mountain so many times. Maybe we've experienced the same sort of frustration before. 
Maybe we've done this before. We've already said we're gonna do this. But today is gonna be different because we're gonna decide to condition ourselves. We're gonna train ourselves. We are in the middle of a battle here upon this earth. We have not been sent to this earth just to have a good time. We have come to push back darkness, to actually spread the kingdom of light across the globe. The devil hates the fact that people that look just like what he wanted, he wanted to make himself in the image of God. He wanted to elevate himself up to be, to be like God. He gets cast down upon this earth and to taunt him, God makes people in his image to live with him. He hates each and every person in this room and he's not gonna let you try to live this life and do it successfully. He's not gonna let you. He actually has specific tactics meant to take each and every one of us out that he has been working on since the moment that you were born into this, in, on this earth. Since the moment you were born, the devil has been taking little by little, trying to break down confidence, break down our, our confidence that we have, and, the, and God is here to say that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All old things have passed away. So Father, I pray that there would be courage once again that would rise up in each and every one of us. That yes, even though we have walked across and walked around this mountain before, maybe we've experienced the, the, the momentary victory, Lord, we are no longer gonna be dictated by our emotions or the way that we are feeling in the moment. Lord, we will only be dictated by what you are saying. We are a slave to your truth and to your righteousness. We choose to obey you today, Lord. We choose not to obey the negative thoughts, the lies that come into our head that are demonic, those lies that come to try to steal, kill, and destroy, but we identify with the one that has brought life and life more abundantly. We identify with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that has disarmed all principalities and powers. We identify as your children, as those that are found in you, that all old things have passed away and we are new creations in Christ Jesus. So we stand up once again in the face of adversity. We stand up. We take heart and we take courage. And we tell ourselves, self, you better get up and get moving towards the things of the kingdom. You will no longer be bound by depression. You will no longer be bound by anxiety. I break the spirit of depression off of people's lives right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for hope to rise up, for courage to rise up, Father, we don't just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We believe in your truth is what we're doing this morning, Lord. We are believing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are believing that you make all things work together for good. We believe that you said that in you we will have peace. We believe that you said that, that, that we are overcomers. We're deciding to believe. So we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in and through our lives. And we refute those lies that have been holding us back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.